0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, He's, he said he'd ridden beasts what <laughs>
0: <laughs> ten times this size? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like your mum. Oh, uh, oh, don't know where my accent was oh, going there, but yeah, it was wonderful. That was that less like, Timura Morrison. That was more Tom Card. <laughs> yeah. <didn't it? laughs>
1: You're a cunt. Um, welcome, everybody. We're starting Speaking with C word less than a minute in. Keith,
0: bringing up the notes. keeps watched 500 Days of Summer last night and I hadn't seen it for ages. And I watched it and thought, God, Tom's a cunt. In 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. yeah. It
1: really that is, way. isn't it? He's not, a real piece of shit. We're, we're absolutely ticking the box of our, our listenership's uh, point of cultural reference yeah. here in 500 Days of Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Hang just... on, hang on, hang on. It was directed by Mark Webb. It was. Who directed the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Don't... And those are getting a weird prequel-style revision from the internet at the moment. Yeah, I don't... And don't do that, Sacramento guys. one
0: doesn't deserve they,
1: it. They are ultimately not great, but they've got great things in them. Like this podcast, but it's got
0: great things in it. Welcome to Big Dab Cast. Like my poops.
1: Um, Um, Nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time until we all go, is it lockdown again? (laughs) Uh, My name is Christopher, tested negative two days in a row, Johnson. mm. And I am Boba Fett. (laughs) I am the Daimur of Tatooine. (laughs) Uh, we're going to be talking about Boba Fett episode three, as is the nearest since uh, this recording. Yeah! Uh, we're also going to be touching on some new stuff, including the Moon Knight trailer, uh, Leslie Grace's Batgirl look debuted, uh, the absolute fucking pond scum that is Joss Whedon, and. Yes! Your emails. But first, Mayhew. Yes! Mayhew. Yes! Just slap my hand. We're in the room together. Yeah, baby! We're in a room together. This is the first time physically we've been near one another since I very briefly swung by your front porch on Christmas Day. Christmas Day! And at the well, time Technically,
0: you... we weren't in the room, we were separated. Well, I so say
1: you were isolating, so was, you weren't I even was. in the doorway. You were I in the was. doorway, behind the doorway, behind the doorway. Uh, and then last bloody week, I ended up testing a fake positive. It was like, shit! So we had the, to remote record. The doorway, behind the doorway, behind the doorway. But I'm happy to report that the day we recorded, I tested negative. The day after, I tested negative. So... Here we chuffing go, boys. Here we go.
0: The only sniffles I'm having in a allergic reaction to a tiny dog I love the beans of. That's true. Matt tickled my chihuahua. Not a euphemism.
1: Could be. Isn't. Yet. <laughs> so, you like video games. There's a segue. I do. I've been playing the Mass Effect Legendary Collection over Christmas. How is it? That's part of my isolation. <laughs> I, I heard that it's it's sort of mostly a good thing, but there's a few sort of things where you go, yeah, this looks worse, if anything.
0: Kind of uh, like, like the Return to Arkham series. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of it looks worse. I think particularly the first game looks a lot better. Hmm. But it, it's... It's, it's a facelift. It's not a remake. So a lot of the jank is still there. There is
1: a lot of there's a lot of like um, brace yourself vibes with the, those early PS3 franchises where they started early
0: PS3, moved on. And when you go back well, to Master Uncharted, like the out. first one, it's sort of like oh, what is this cartoon? The first Mass Effect didn't come out on PS3 until after two and three. Because it was originally yeah. a Microsoft published of game. Of course, yeah. So it's an Xbox exclusive, <laughs> first off. Um, I've got it in that uh, trilogy that. release for PS3. Yeah, that was the first time it had been released on PS3.
1: Yeah, and it, but my mine's French. I ah! know when you put it in, the packaging just happens to be French. When you put the disc in, it's, it's you know, French is one of the language options. Le but. packaging français. Les um.
0: grand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mm. think the French Probably for not. mass is grand. Les Le effets that would be the that would be the, the, the effect will would be the big effect. Which is, Le, mm, which is game I'm on a cheese board. <coughs> <laughs> hey. um, um,
1: Post Christmas humour. Um Microsoft a in a pear tree. Aha! Um, Microsoft acquired Activision. <laughs> yes. What? Activision Blizzard. Yeah. AKA yeah. The House that Kotick is burning down from the inside. Yeah.
0: Um <clears> Which begs the question. Why? Well there's two questions. One why and Mm two fuck are they going to do about Bobby I'm the most toxic person in video games Kotick and that's saying a lot that'll video games a, lot. Is a very toxic fucking industry
1: we're in a world full of rock stars and, and, and Ubisoft and yeah for those who don't know Activision Blizzard the publisher uh, and sometime developer they've been publisher most of their life but they work with other studios like Blizzard for example they acquired you might know the name Activision Blizzard nowadays more so than Activision
0: because you know they made a little game called World of Warcraft
1: <clears throat> and continued forever yeah but yeah, they uh they they've they've been a uh, like publishing giant in the video game industry for near enough two decades now, pretty much. Uh they've worked with god knows how many companies over the years, Netherrealm and Treyarch and all sorts of buggers. Um, Netherrealm? Netherrealm, the yeah. Netherrealms The Nether Realms Tony Hawk back in the day, like they Activision. pretty much every Spider-Man game until Insomniac Spider-Man was an Activision published game.
0: Activision O2 for those Tony Hawk fans among oh, us.
1: Yeah. Uh, Beanox. They work with Beanox. Beanox. Jesus. And, and, of course, most notably, uh, they are the publishers of the Call of Duty series. Oh, yes. Which they churn out all year round, every bloody year, play the same thing again with slightly different designs. Do
0: you like military shooters? Yes. Well, it's December. Here's another one. Oh, well, boy, oh. they come out. They come out, like, holiday time, don't they? It's like the October-December <laughs> window at some point after Madden comes out. Yeah, it's like
1: Madden... Um, FIFA mm. and COD like every year without heralds, fail.
0: Heralds the, the sort of the heavy video game release season leading up to Christmas. Um, but Activision has uh, been snatched up by Microsoft. Not the only studio
1: to have been done so in the last year yeah, or so. Yeah, Microsoft are
0: on a, on a fucking spending spree. They're on a
1: Mickey Mouse Big bucks buyout spree. Now, they've made it very clear that like with um, yeah, right, your Skyrim boys um, uh, Bethesda Bethesda like with Bethesda the games coming out from this you know publisher in this case going forward won't necessarily be Xbox or PC Steam exclusives
0: well I mean they bought Mojang and you still get Minecraft on everything yeah
1: and and, and uh, there, is, there is word that the uh, next Elder Scrolls game will be a time sensitive release so Microsoft and Xbox may get it First, oh, and, and it's then not going before the heat,
0: death of the universe, who gives a fuck? Yeah,
1: and certain copyrights across them uh, are all a bit wibbly. Like, De- uh, Death Loop is a PlayStation game. Yes. Uh, and it is act- It is uh, a uh, Bethesda game. Yes. But...
0: Is it not on
1: Xbox One? It's not on Xbox One, but oh. the copyright license... did some research for this for uh, uh, GamesVault uh, oh, okay. a while back. The copyright license for it is up for renewal in terms of the specific terms in a year's time after its release, suggesting that maybe a year after its release as a PlayStation exclusive, they'll go, ah, now here it is digitally on the Xbox marketplace. Intriguing. Um, Or at the very least, Steam or or equivalent online stores. It'd be a fucking Um, epic store, wouldn't it? So they're not necessarily... Yeah, that's true. They're not necessarily withholding any future releases from these companies to other consoles. But they're obviously going to put more money and time into exclusives for Xbox going forwards. Hmm. Like you said, the timing of this is weird because Activision Blizzard is currently under a shitstorm of public scrutiny due to several sexual misconduct allegations, yeah. a shitload of um, firings and, and employee like reshuffles to do with companies that they have bought out, used up, and then just ground into mints and
0: kept bits of. Yeah. And, that's it, it, You know, Activision, I've been doing for a while what EA were doing before them, yeah. of just buying up a studio that's done some promising work, giving it games that aren't well suited to the work they've done before, watching them fail, and then cutting them, and yeah. get, shutting them down. Like, Sucking
1: the marrow from their bones. Ooh. As Alan Moore once said in a Simpsons guest appearance, true story. <clears throat>
0: it's true.
1: Like, take your ideas and they suck them. <laughs> it's like, all right, bloody hell. They them dry. This Alan Moore impression's amazing.
0: It's, oh, Alan, it's Moore. Alan
1: Moore. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> well, I guess a guest spot on The Simpsons wasn't like creatively bankrupt. He was like,
0: yeah, right, that'd be funny. Listen, Alan, <laughs> less is more, all right? <laughs> all
1: right. Um, all right. Anyone out there still defending the killing joke as a seminal work today, <sighs> just go read what its writer has to say about it. He thinks it's its worst work, but he spends that entire statement also talking about how Brian Boland's artwork is incredible on it, and people, I mean, it is. people should look at it just to look at it. And it's like, good on you. It is. It is incredible artwork. Will this mean the end of um, full platform releases across all hardware for things like Overwatch Two or um, you know the upcoming Call of Duty titles? Maybe
0: exclusive DLC for platforms. Perhaps? So here's the thing. Microsoft increasingly have been moving away from being a hardware company. Yeah. And that's moving true. towards being a services company. <clears throat> like it wouldn't a lot of this stuff is probably gonna end up being Well, it seems like the way Microsoft are going is that Xbox is a service that you subscribe to that you can play on its own hardware or you can stream. Mm-hmm. Yes, similar to I- st- is Stadia even still
1: going? Stadia is still a thing, yes. Jesus. But it's sort of like the... Uh, with respect, as I know there is an owner of this in the room, it's sort of like the Wii U of the current options.
0: Uh, I, I don't have my Wii U anymore. Oh, my God. I mean, technically I do, but it's at my, it's at my parents. <coughs> <coughs> I don't think I've touched it for, <coughs> before that. I don't think I've touched it for two years. Even in the lockdown. We pa- had nothing better
1: to do. The power of the switch. You're now just like, well, I, I guess I could just download that game under here. And yeah, I got a I switch
0: guess. literally the January before lockdown.
1: <laughs> Timing. Um. <laughs> uh, this is, it's just odd to be like, hey, yeah, we'll buy that poisoned chalice. Like it does make you wonder. Like you said, are they going to like are they gonna keep
0: Kotick? Like, or if give Kotick a cutting, payout nice. and be like off you for? Because they were asking um, their head of Xbox. Phil Kettleway? I believe so. Um about someone was asking like in the press they were asking him about um Bobby Kotick and he wasn't <laughs> he'd been really cagey and not really I mean, this merger must have already been in the works. Yeah, <sighs> that's insane. So Imagine Imagine working with
1: and not quite defending but not quite commenting on a toxic asshole. I I think it's unconscionable. Some more on that later. Um, ah! Leslie Grace has... Leslie grace us with some visual goodness in the form of our first proper look at Barbara Gordon, Smashing. a.k.a. Batgirl, in the HBO Max movie, which I think is now also getting a theatrical release. Um, but it's not like a big widespread run. It might be like a limited run or something like that. Because we still, outside of America, we still don't have dedicated HBO Max platforms for the countries that don't just have it already
0: and it's kind of annoying which means we don't have Peacemaker yet <clears throat> oh god I've been avoiding the internet like a plague man. I want Peacemaker <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally doing a little child tantrum thing now yes it was kind of cute <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I I, I gave
1: in and watched the opening title sequence just because like, no, people yeah, were raving it about no, it can't not and it's glorious it's
0: fucking magnificent it's glorious
1: it's so good, and it's all down to everyone just keeping the sternest
0: <laughs> I dread to think how many retakes <laughs> they had to do because people cops cops in it's ridiculous It's so,
1: And the choreography is just so weird and, and bizarre. I love it. It's mm. very weird. So yeah, Peacemaker, we don't have yet. But Batgirl, we at least have a glimpse of. We spoke briefly last week about the leaked images from Glasgow, where the set was being brought out. Yep. Um, people saw it on the streets, uh, including graffiti of a Batman that Vaguely is sort of a comic booky version of the Keaton Batman and graffiti of Robin the goddamn boy Wonder. Um Black Canary and Hugo Strange spotted amongst various posters in backdrops. And now, thanks to Leslie Grace, Barbara Gordon herself, we have a look at what is apparently Barbara's <laughs> proto outfit or the outfit she's gonna be wearing I
0: mean, it looks for pretty the, for this
1: movie.
0: Um It looks pretty well established as a costume, like it, it it's
1: looking strong. Any hints of it being a proto outfit suggests to me that later or by the end, she's going to team up with a Batman and she'll get like a revised outfit at the very end of like, oh, next time you see her, she's going to look like this. With nipples. They'll probably lean more into the early New 52 design with like the the black armor and the yellow bat and everything. Yeah. Whereas the look we've got so far is later New 52, um, purple like motorbike Casual like jacket and pants with the belt, the shorter cape with the bright ass yellow
0: lining. It's the not the new fifty two, <coughs> the one that came after the new fifty two costume. It's Pre rebirth, The ba- ba- Batgirl Girl, of Burnside costume. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, again, basically, pretty iconic. We're seeing a version of that costume in the upcoming Gotham Knights video so it's game. It's a great as well.
0: costume. Like, it is a really good costume. I
1: and mean, it's proper. It,
0: I, I see. I love it
1: because like different artists have approached it differently, but it's a costume that based on how you go for it it can be like the least pin-up superhero-y female superhero costume there is yeah which is nice to move but, away
0: from like because we past that point
1: right? yeah it, it depends who's illustrating it some people have had barbara fill it out a little more oh, and well, others yeah, have yeah others have gone more for the idea of now this is basically it, it's basically a biker outfit yeah it's a yeah. biker outfit with a short cape and a mask it's like okay and what a way to debut it! Also, let's get the let's get the image up on the goddamn I love, screen. I
0: love seeing that image. Let's, let's
1: get it up on the goddamn screen. <laughs> look at look at that hair. Look
0: looks great. Looks look, great. she's
1: pouting to pouting with such power that the whole building is crumbling from the sheer just vibes she's the throwing. The power
0: out. of this woman on display right here.
1: She looks so cool. Um... Yeah, I, I really dig it. It has had a mixed reception online, mostly from hardcore DCEU slash uh, Restore the Snyderverse uh, fan sets of had a really, really big sort of, this is ridiculous. It's like, you know what I, why I say to it them? is ridiculous? <clears throat> That's what I say to them. Fair enough. I mean, ew, but okay. Mm, broccoli. Um, Wait, what? So, uh, yeah, I, I obviously that's not all Restore the Snyderverse fans are making those complaints, but enough that it's sort of becoming quite apparent online that there is a big section of that fan base that will not accept anything DCEU anymore until they know Zach is involved in it in some way. Hashtag
0: not all grognads.
1: Yeah, I mean, James Gunn got a bit of a, a battering from some of them this week because they assumed that like Peacemaker's not Zack Snyder's DCEU. So screw you. And he had to point out that, like, choreographers or, or like, stunt coordinators and that that he worked with on The Suicide Squad and this were people that Zach recommended to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, they talk together all the time. Like, how much more, oh, it's his blessing for this can you get than, yeah, Zach helped me find the right people to pull this off. Like, it just doesn't... It, it Oh, it's so bizarre. I I'm, I really do hope that they all get some kind of closure in some form, be it a film or... You know, even Hell, just like a HBO miniseries that like yeah. continues, you know, the Justice League, Snyder Cut, whatever. But come on, like, still, you can still enjoy the other DC stuff that's being produced. Like, I mean, Batgirl I mean, looks like it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. J.K. Simmons reprising his role as Gordon. Um, Gordon Mike, the Gopher. Gordon the Gopher. Michael Keaton playing uh, Batty
0: McBat-Bats. Our Bats, <laughs> Batten-Bats. Michael Keaton reprising his role for Multiplicity. Yeah. So, this is clearly going
1: to be set in some kind of post-Flashpoint, everything's been changed around a little bit, continuity, and, is it you know what? fair enough. Do we care? Well. Does anyone care? Here be the thing. The Snyderverse and stuff adjacent to it has been put really under the microscope again this week for various reasons. One of which is all the muddled continuities of everything going forwards. Oh God, do we have to talk about it now, don't we? One of the other things is how the fan bases are kind of getting behind genuine campaigns to oust shitheads in that industry, but using it to to score points for the Restore the Snyderverse thing instead of, you know, just dealing with shitheads. It's like going, oh, that guy who murdered 15 people. What a dickhead. This never would have happened if Quantum Leap had not been cancelled. Hashtag bring back Quantum Leap. It's like, right, hang on. Listen, Fred I'm West sorry. was a
0: serial killer, but at least he admitted to how many people were in his garden. <laughs>
1: Jesus, but he cancelled Firefly. <laughs> but you see what I mean? It's like it's like none of that is relevant to the actual case at hand. Yeah, yeah. You can support Ray Fisher and not turn it into a restore the Snyderverse argument.
0: I think you should support Ray Fisher. Yeah, and not turn it into a release the Snyder- restore the Snyderverse argument. Yeah, because <sighs> one because one one thing is important; the other is not. Yeah, like
1: one of the one of them is is literally a right. wish fulfillment movie that you kind of yeah. want or hope for. The other is systematic racism and abuse yeah. within Warner Brothers, and specifically, of course, the events of Justice League's reshoots and the uh, accusations against. Again, we have to state for legal reasons everything that follows is either alleged or an as yet unproven accusation against Joss Whedon. Uh, who directed the reshoots? Got director's credit for Justice League, uh, the cut that has been affectionately and very unaffectionately dubbed the Justice League, the twenty seventeen theatrical release. I hate it. Um, and
0: <clears throat> yeah, long story short. Listen, has anyone <coughs> in the history, yeah, of like television and film, yeah, ever so spectacularly? torpedoed all the goodwill that they have ever, ever accumulated and tainted such an influential legacy of work. Oh, like right. Body okay. of work. And like... done and Created all this formative work for what is now modern television and long-form storytelling in genre TV and film... Uh, you know, ten years ago, directed the biggest film on the planet. Has anyone ever done that? And then just so spectacularly shat the bed as Joss Whedon? No, I mean, <laughs> clearly the bed was being <laughs> shat in long before we fat we smelt it. Like it's that's <clears throat> what that happened. is the thing, isn't it? That's the yeah.
1: key thing here. So, Joss Whedon. The Cliff Notes version. Prolific movie and television writer and showrunner of such projects as Toy Story, Titan AE, Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. Um, He was the writer of Cabin in the Woods. He was the director and writer or co-writer for Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. And most importantly, Alien Resurrection. Uh yeah yeah who's expecting Santa Claus? Fucking um he you know he wrote and directed Serenity which is arguably a fucking perfect bit of sci-fi action filmmaking perfect making. but it's
0: pretty it's
1: good pretty damn solid yeah. like I've shown that to people who've never watched Firefly I've gone that was fucking amazing is there more and I'm like well, if, well you want, if by more you mean stuff set before yeah. then yes here's a series of television but like this is what sucks. Uh, about this, first and foremost, him being an abusive, racist dickhead, Yeah. an adulterous prick—that's yeah. what sucks the most. That's the fucking worst bit of it. The first world, second level of priority. What sucks about this is knowing that someone who made a lot of things that y'all really like
0: is a piece of shit. Well, the, the more immediate sort of affected of that is how that look, how that affects. All the people who were involved with those projects, Mm. whose careers came out of those projects, people like Alan Tudjik, who like who has uh, so much of his earlier work is rooted in Joss Whedon's oeuvre. Yeah, (laughs) and um, (coughs) you know, of course, he's going to go to bat for him, but really, he's fighting. He's on the wrong side of that battle. Yeah, Um, he has kind of which is which is you know since sort of. you know, uh, re- What's the word? Um, uh, Passage of time. Uh, oh, but uh, um, retroactively. Uh, retroactively fixed. That's yes, he, ha-
1: he has since retracted statements yeah. of mass support, but unfortunately, he phrased them in a way that'll say, it didn't happen to me, so I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get that. Maybe say what Anthony Stewart Head said a few years ago, where he says, I never saw any of it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was so fucking classy of him to be like, if any of my co-stars or friends from that period need to talk, if there's anything that I saw didn't know what it was yeah. and can help them process or even, you know, be witness to it, let me know. Remember when he did that, it was just like, and once again, he proves that he's an absolute fucking gent. He's a classy motherfucker, isn't he? Um, and I hope Alan Tudjik has that moment of like, yeah, maybe I should uh, clarify on this one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, That's sort of how the week began. Mm. The weekend started with um, uh, James Gunn responding to uh, someone who declared that he'd favorited, liked a tweet where David Ayer's Suicide Squad was shat on to big up his sequel, The Suicide Squad. And James made a point of saying, yeah, I like that tweet without reading the full tweet. Didn't see the bit at the end that was slagging off David's movie. I just saw the bit that's praising mine. Uh, I unliked it a while afterwards. I even contacted David in case he'd seen it because he's a friend. Seen that I'd liked it and apologized, and he's fine. He doesn't. He's not fussed about it. David Ayer even then joined in the tweet conversation to be like, "Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't care. People pissing and moaning about that. I think they're being babies. Like you do, you James. I support you all the way." And it was like, wow. Okay, these two two totally are like... They definitely, when the the Suicide Squad went into development, they definitely had a conversation where James was like, are you okay with me doing this? And David A's gone, well, my version's not going to happen. Yeah, go for it. Why not? You've got my support. Let's go. It's like, fair enough. Um, (coughs) Ray Fisher, the actor of Cyborg, then used that as an excuse to chime in and say, um, all right, nice one, James. Now explain this one. Mm. And showed a screen grab of James having liked a tweet... Of Alan Tudyk, at the time of Joss Whedon's accusations first coming out a few years ago, uh, Alan Tudyk saying, "You, will, you know, I, I Joss has only ever been kind and wonderful on the sets I've worked on. He's been a great show and a good friend." Mm. James liked that. This screen grab was clearly taken around the time that happened because the timestamps on yeah. it are like one hour ago, three yeah. hours ago. So that means Ray Fisher or people on the internet have held on to that screen grab for years. James then replied to Ray Fisher and said, sure, I'll absolutely explain that. So, Alan's a good friend of mine. The time this stuff was coming out initially, and this was before Ray Fisher sort of had chimed in a bit more to talk about it. This was, if I remember correctly, when everything was about to come out. His, his like interview where he first discussed it was about to come out. Yeah. We'd already had uh, Kai Cole, uh, Joss Whedon's ex-wife's um, blog a year prior, uh, that talked about his several affairs with young actresses and, and people working on the shows. Yeah. Which, again, we still don't know the specifics of. And to be honest, it's none of our business. But we'll get into why the legacy is utterly dis- dis- dismantled from that yeah. alone. Yeah. Never mind the other stuff. Um, <coughs> yeah, we... Uh, it, uh, James points out, he says, I saw that, I liked it, and uh, support my friend Alan. Then later on, Alan mentioned, in a response to someone else, which people have screen grabbed and shared again recently, yeah. that Alan was like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear if this has occurred. It, it never happened. When I was around, he was only a professional... Which, again, is still not a I support you. It's a, oh, well, it never happened in front of me. But when Alan said that, James went, oh, okay, and unliked the tweet. Yeah. Simple as that. Obviously, people don't screen grab the tweet not being liked because you can't tell that it's been unliked unless you memorise every tweet he's ever liked. So Ray Fisher responds to that and says, like, you know, thank you, James. I really do appreciate that. Because that's Ray Fisher going, fair enough. You explained yourself. I'm not mad at your explanation. Mm. Thank you, man. And it's like, there you go. It was almost like the internet was preparing us for the shitstorm that was to come by reminding us briefly of the Justice League stories, uh, Ray Fisher's um, still unspecified uh, encounters with Joss and what things... We've got some loose ideas, including one where he basically uh, said that like, if they didn't get on, maybe if he... like fought back against him in any way like he
0: wouldn't have a career yeah which he also threatened gal gadot with yeah um which seems to suggest that he has a somewhat overinflated sense of his own power
1: yeah and and it it part of the murky waters going into all this has been the fact that we still don't know the specifics of ray fishers again we've said this before you should always believe uh, a victim um or you know an accuser off the bat that they have support you shouldn't necessarily attack the accused Hmm. because time may prove sometimes in a short window sometimes in a long window uh, that the accused isn't actually in the wrong so at least this way you're offering a a possibly potentially supposedly in pain traumatised individual your support without attacking somebody who could turn out to actually be decent yeah Like, you should always wait until they have made their statement and proved that they're an absolute shitheel. See Kevin Spacey's creepy videos and throwing of the entire gay community under the bus to explain away his abuse of young men. What a piece of shit Kevin Spacey is, guys. Yeah. Hello. So there is that. Sorry, the cat's just walked in. Hello. That's what I (laughs) was saying hello to. Uh, So there is that. Uh, without us knowing the specificity of Ray Fisher's encounters with Joss Whedon, it has been very like we stand by Ray. I stand with Ray Fisher. Hashtag, but don't attack Joss yet. Then more stories came. Oh, in. charisma oh, Carpenter oh. talked very openly yeah, about the fact they. that he essentially got her fired from uh, Angel for getting pregnant. For getting pregnant. Yep. Even though he was aware of this. Yep. Um, James Masters retold the story, and you know James Masters has some. Weird shit. Yeah, he's around not perfect. Too. Um, and a lot of the people we're going to mention aren't. Ray Fisher seems like a nice enough guy, but if accountability is greater than entertainment. What about Amber Heard? What about mm-hmm. Ezra Miller? Mm-hmm. What about Ben Affleck? You can't. Yeah. What about Gal Gadot? Like you can't just specifically ignore all of that to target the Joss thing. It's true. Like one battle at a time, but when your co-stars have done some fucked up shit yeah. or alleged fucked up shit, maybe maybe bring them into this accountability greater than entertainment umbrella. But... When Chris McArpenter comes out and talks about experiences there, when James Masters comes out and talks about the fact that Joss pinned him up against a wall and yelled at him when he realised that Spike was becoming a popular character in Buffy, because obviously the way American TV yep. seasons worked at that time, they were still in production while the first like batch of episodes yep. had gone out. So we could see that viewers loved Spike and he wanted to kill Spike off. Yep. So he did, seemingly, and then brought him back a few episodes later. And that yep. becomes part of Series 2's plot. Yep. Um, but he basically said, like, I don't, ca- I don't care how big for your boots you're going to get. Like, I'm killing you. I kill you. And James Masters at the time took it. as was like, well, okay, wow, all right. It's obviously right. going against his plan. And the since realised, that's not how a writer should act no. or behave towards one of their actors not- or anyone on their staff. Um, really stories, weird. more stories came out. Then that thing I said, very rarely happens, happened. Two days after the James Gunn, Ray Fisher... Almost discourse, but not quite.
0: Almost, but not quite discourse,
1: yeah. Variety and its pull-out magazine, New York, released its cover interview with... Well, interview with an alleged vampire, is what the title Ah. of the article was called. Ah, 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 Because, of course, ah. for legal reasons, they can't outright say he did all these things. Yeah. But what they did was they sat down... With Joss Whedon. Yeah. Now this is weird. No one's sitting down with Kevin Spacey to interview him about his accusations. Nope. No one is taking the time to interview Ansel Elgort at all during. They West Side might be Stories trying prayer. to. They might be trying to, to. But yeah. they're not getting access.
0: We're not, not going to know, are we? Yeah. Now,
1: now, this means that Variety or Joss or a representative of Joss approached the other party and went, "Should we do this?" So what you would imagine this would be for him to be like cover interview of this pull out it's my first interview since all these accusations have started coming out in the last few years you think that what he'd be doing is stepping up to that dictaphone sitting across from the interviewer and proving his innocence.
0: (laughs) Move of a smart person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Or again if he's innocent or knew that he was in the wrong but was making amends privately you don't make a public thing of it just and generally, then, you know,
0: generally, a good a good plan is to not like, shit all over. You. Like
1: if yeah. every if right. every person who'd ever sort of talked about him doing really horrible things mm. had started saying, over the course of the last few years, Joss approached me. Joss has talked yeah, to me. Yeah. We've talked it out. I forgive him.
0: I mean, some or, people were saying they just approached him, and that was the problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good lord but like if they come out and said joss approached me we talked i don't forgive him but i'm also not going to hold it against him like he seems to be trying but to be better or he is better and he's you know whatever if people came out and said that then we'd all go that that's wonderful we're not ready to see you right away but Mm. you're obviously on a path of growth again we've mentioned him a lot in this podcast james gunn Uh, Back in the day, a lot of shock jock humour, a lot of really shitty, filthy, dark jokes in his social media, his blogs and his websites. Since then, he's moved into telling stories for family audiences or more kind of niche nerdy audiences um, that have a bit more of a mainstream appeal and has shown in that work, the way he conducts himself online, the way he politely diffuses an argument by explaining himself and apologising, that this is a dude who has either grown or gone, yeah, I was being a bit of a dick back then for reasons even I quite can't quite understand. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which in I, itself is growth. I
1: don't want yeah. to be that anymore. Yeah, and totally. He's shown growth of character, right? Yeah. I know there are some people out there who are like, I still can't quite forgive him for the jokes he made. That's totally fine, but think about things you did 15 years ago that you wouldn't to, do now. I try not to. Like, you can't hold that against someone who has shown growth and empathy and apologetic uh, behaviour for the things they used to do. Um, Joss Whedon basically confirms every story in this interview if not in a a, here's how it went down and they are telling the truth
0: he does deny some stuff
1: well no what really happened was probably this or no 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 I think you'll find that from my point of view it was more about this but he also doesn't show any remorse Beyond feeling sorry it's the for himself. It's the yeah. ultimate in he's not sorry for what he did. He's sorry that people found out about what he did. It's almost the like ultimate he's ultimate incredibly hell. egotistical. Yeah. Um, highlight reel. What were your favourite fucking hell, man? What's wrong with you? Moments.
0: Because uh, I think we... my
1: favourite standout, holy shit, what is wrong with you? Jesus. Was his explanation of the Gal Gadot feud. Galgano in the last couple of years has said that he spoke to her on set in a way that was incredibly um harmful and offensive. At one point he told her she would never work in this town again, that old Chester. That
0: a fucking that phrase should be banned. Uh, this, is well, back, it, this is back this is back in late
1: No, this is back in early 2017. Yeah, yeah. So her star was already rising in terms of like American cinema and everything. Um And yet he felt like he had that power to do that.
0: She was refusing to shoot the gag where she falls on top of the Flash in... Oh, yeah, um, where the
1: Flash falls on top of Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, they were. And lands in her boobs for a split second and corrects himself. A gag which she, as the actor, was like, yeah, this wasn't in the original cut of the movie and I don't like it as an addition, can we not do it? And right up until the day, on set, Joss is like, no, we're doing it. We are doing it. What is wrong with you? When I tell you to do it, you do it. And what ended up happening in the end is, as those who've seen the Justice League cut of the film can attest, that gag is in there. Ezra Miller is the Flash in that moment. He he has said as well like he knew it was all uncomfortable, but he had to check with Gal's stunt double, who fills in for that shot. He checked with her if it was okay, and she was like, yeah, no, sure, we'll do it. Whatever, let's go. He sure he checked with her and didn't choke with her. Jesus, again, accountability greater than entertainment, guys. there you go. But, you know, he, he... They they tried to make it as comfortable a scenario as they could after the actor playing the role of Wonder Woman said she would refuse to do it. He, in this interview, says that what happened there wasn't necessarily that Gal, like, you know, um, felt like he was threatening her. It's that she interpreted it that way because English isn't her first language. Wow. Yeah. Gal... Wow. ...speaks pretty fluent English Godot. Yeah. Apparently, it was lost in translation, either socially or literally.
0: Speaks fluent enough English to be an English-language movie star. Yeah. Like...
1: Just, like, the fuck?
0: Fuck Uh, you, man.
1: All the highlights...
0: Fuck (laughs) you.
1: All the highlights include the, uh, the bit where he basically says the reason why Cyborg's plot was cut down is because it was the most superfluous element of the movie, which people who've seen The Snyder Cut, yourself included, have said, actually... That's definitely not the case. When they use cyborg stuff that was shot, it's the most like relatable it's heart the of the film, the film kind yeah. of arc. Um, but the other reason for that was the studio, says Whedon... Didn't think Fisher was a good enough actor. He didn't think Fisher
0: was a good enough actor. The
1: wording he uses is a bad actor in both senses yeah. of
0: the word. And then later on, he goes to say, goes on to say that the the plot made no sense. Yeah. The subplot made no sense and the performance was subpar. Yeah. So Which he's just outright saying, just...
1: Ray Fisher feels uh, upset and feels like I
0: attacked him. I didn't, but he's shit and so is his storyline. He's, yeah, he's a bad actor. It's like, fucking hell. And also, one of the things that Ray Fisher pulled him up on as well was the fact that a lot of the characters of colour in the the final cut of Justice League had lighter skin than they actually yes, had. Yes, yes. So the, the
1: contrast and saturation levels were played the fuck with in that movie. To which Joss uh, says, well, i like it. As well as everything. recasting, yeah. as recasting of some, like, minor parts, yeah. Certain parts are cut out of the movie to be replaced with weird cutaway gags of, like, people on the news and other stuff and nearly every the entire new actor fucking russian house sequence nearly every new actor is a white actor and nearly yeah, every actor yeah. that was cut was an actor of color so that's interesting again whedon's got very diverse casts in a lot of his previous projects but there clearly seemed to be no awareness of this as he was making this no awareness of oh yeah that is weird isn't it that we've removed yeah. most of the non white actors from the, the movie. He'll be one of those people. Added he, new
0: characters and they're all white. If he's p- pressed on it, it'll be like, oh, I just don't see colour. <laughs> one of them wankers. It's uh, so, like,
1: sure, cool, off. cool. But like when you put your cast up on a big board in the office, which always happens, there's always a casting board in the production office with pictures of everybody, either headshots yeah. or in character. You didn't look at that and go, oh, it's weird
0: that we removed nearly all Ooh. of the non white people from this movie. That's a lot of white. See, here's oh, the God. thing. right. I, as someone who consumes media, I want it to be more diverse because I want more experience. No, I do want to see myself reflected in media, but I also want experiences that aren't mine. Yeah. But that's easy for me to say because I have seen myself reflected in media everywhere my entire life. Yeah. So we do need more diversity and we need to sort of... Swing it the other way because we've been doing it one way for so long mm-hmm. that there's so much non-diverse media that we need to overcorrect to make it right again. Like of course we need to go hard on it. So when you come up with this shit about oh well I don't want people to be casting stuff just because they're black. I don't want people to be casting stuff just because they're LGBTQIA. I don't want people just like fuck. We need those people's experiences and representation. We don't need any more representation of white cis hetero people. There's fucking tons of it. Like, yeah, that's my rant.
1: Yeah, no, go go, go off, king. Yeah, we like it's, it's I think you dropped this. Like it's just, yeah, agreed. It's what I think. Agreed. I was asked about that genuinely over December, someone on uh, a production was involved and said like, "Oh, do you find it weird that, you, that it's harder for you to get castings or get seen for things now because there are so many auditions?" Uh, that specify non-white performers. And I went, well, personally, career level, it's a little tough. But you know what? Fine. Yeah, it's Like, not... if, if you want to balance a seesaw... Because I'm in entertainment not to make money. I'm in entertainment because, like, that's what I want to do. And mm. I'm trying to juggle it and make it work. Um, like, it, to balance a seesaw, you need to put an equal amount of weight on the other end. To put an equal amount of weight on the other end of this seesaw it's going to have to it's, tip it's the other be, way for a yeah, bit it's before be a it levels out. Weight, yeah. Because it's not equal weight to what's there now, it's equal weight to what's been there for the past hundred odd fucking yeah. years. Like, give it time. I don't mind losing out to, um, like, well, not losing out to roles, but like losing the chance to audition for certain things or new projects being focused more on non-white stories. I mean,
0: how many, how many of those jobs are we going to get anyway? Oh, exactly. You know I mean...
1: Exactly, but it's it's. But at the same time, it would have gone to just like another white person, yeah. Because casting directors, you know, can be very just.
0: Oh well, you know. I'm gonna it's, say it because this I'm not really here in the industry or this cells anymore. There. I'm gonna say it because I'm not really in the industry anymore. Casting directors have no fucking imagination. There you go. Boom. There you go. There it be. Um,
1: so like, it's about time to raise up new voices. There's a reason why we, if we really like a piece of media that sort of like celebrates non-white voices, we'll go out of our way to talk about it. It's not virtue signaling. We just think, wow, we learnt a lot from this. We got yeah. a lot from this. You guys will too, hopefully. Like, you fucking go. You know? Just, ah, uh, Anyway. um, Let's Ray... do fucking better. Yeah. How about that? Ray Fisher has commented as of four hours ago of this recording on the Joss Whedon situation. Oh. He's put, Joss Whedon had nearly two years to get his story straight. He's likely spent tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on PR, crisis management and coaching. And his response to the allegations is, "They all misunderstood and/or are out to get me." Also, my mom is sexy? Question mark. Question mark. Because he goes into an uncomfortable amount of detail in the interview he does about shit, how he feels with how he's felt within relationships, yeah. how he got with people uh, through productions. Again, he doesn't name names, but how he got with people during productions and. Um, he, he, that's the only thing where he sort of takes accountability a little bit is for the for the adultery. He talks about that quite a bit without going into specifics to, you know, for people's sake of people's privacy. Mm. But he goes into that and sort of talks about it as like, yeah, no, I was in a horrid place and, and this is how I felt and this made me feel good and at the time, obviously, I, you're blindsided and you move on and la la la. And then at the end of it, he sort of surmises it with like, but, you know, it happened. And you're like, you're not going to,
0: you're going to apologise. You're not going to say sorry, or let me find a quote that I screenshotted and sent to Keeks last night because it was just spectacular, just spectacularly <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, oh come on, load up, don't don't. It just it's just one of those things of like how why why would you say this? Why would you say this and not think oh, it's going to cause you some problems? I was like, what the fuck were you thinking? What were you actually thinking? Um, I don't think he's ever thought. That's the point. That might be the case. That might be the case. Where the fuck is this thing that I While you're teeth out, I'll
1: bring up a tweet that was doing the rounds. A writer, former writer on Firefly, who was part yeah. of the staff team on the production, put yeah. her story out after this article came out, talking about how one night, Instead of just giving her notes, like taking her aside and making some requests or, or you know, asking, like, what is this? I don't understand where you're coming with this. She could explain herself and you'd be like, oh, right, okay, okay, yeah. well, fair enough. We'll, we'll try it more like this or whatever. Uh, called in a meeting, got everybody, everyone in the staff, the writing staff, in the production at the time to come into that meeting. And basically, for 90 minutes, she says, and some people have backed her up, bollocked her, did a mock PowerPoint presentation about Jeez. why her script is shite. And everyone in the room, like, wasn't joining in. Like, they weren't all going like, ha, 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 this is funny. They were all just sitting there in uncomfortable silence, looking down (sighs) at their notes, like, faffing on their laptops, writing more of their own script and just pretending that nothing was happening. She said she nearly walked out several times from crying. She held back tears the whole time. And, you know, of course, the internet being the internet, people were why did you just leave then and there? And it's like... Because it was probably her first big break in television. Yeah. She didn't know that this isn't how it's meant to go and was petrified of pissing off her boss. Like, it just... It's 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 a power dynamic thing, pure and simple. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's just... And the reason this sucks so hard is the reason, like, what we learned about uh, his relationship with his ex-wife yeah. and uh, the way he treated people like Chris Carpenter, the fact that Sarah Michelle Gellar... Still hasn't really talked about the show for a long time, other than like what it's meant to fans and you know how, how much she, uh, you know, still loves her cast, fellow cast members, and mm. everything, and how they're all still friends. Like, that is the only stuff Sarah Michelle Gellar will ever talk about with Buffy. She will not yeah. talk about behind the scenes on it, hasn't for nearly 20 years.
0: Makes you wonder why, it?
1: And the reason for this will probably be because it's just too traumatic, or she's like, No, I'm not giving him any time of day. Even mm, negative, yeah, no, pu- even you? negative publicity is publicity. And I'm not giving him that. Um, that says so much. The reason why this hurts so much is a lot of Whedon's work was touted as like being the most progressive and uh, feminist work in Western television and theater at uh, the movie theaters for a long time. Mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is whether y'all realize it or not. An incredibly influential, influential show, for so many reasons. It reintroduced the notion um, of the forty-five minute format episode, which in the nineties yep. was popularized by shows like The X Files and things like that. Um, and and as a result, was what was used as a as a pitch description to Jane Tranter by uh, Russell T Davies when describing how he'd reboot Doctor Who. Yep. We'd use the Buffy format, showrunner writers room, like that's how yep. we do it. Um. It launched the careers of many great actors and, you know, others, like, not necessarily, but will always be fondly remembered for their work on that show. And as a result, I've made a comfortable living talking about it, like telling stories, writing books, doing conventions. Um, It was a show that was very openly accepting of uh, different sexualities and explored that with one of its primary characters. Yep. Uh, It had some of the most creative villains on TV that worked mostly. Because they were allegories for young adult, teenage, college, and early 20 something life. Like, it, the monsters were, were metaphors for other stuff that the viewers of the age of watching it were going through or were about to go through. It was. Super in tune with its audience. Mm-hmm. It was written in a dialogue style that you know, which unfortunately is called Whedon esque. But I'm sure someone's going to come up with a new name for Buffy it eventually. Speak. Buffy speak. There we go. Beautiful. Like it. It had a style, a vocal style of its yeah. own, um, that then influenced how a lot of shows went from there. Shows like Charmed kind of changed their approach because of yeah. Buffy. Yeah. Um. It, it. It was such an influential piece of work, and and a very. Very feminist piece of work. To now learn, for for pretty much definite now, thanks to this interview where he's I, crucified I found, himself.
0: I found the quote that I wanted to read to you. So right.
1: yeah, we'll we'll, we'll finish we'll finish this part on that one in a second because yeah. to to learn that for definite it was either a mask pretending to be feminism, mm. or it was feminism coming from someone who knew how to preach it but not practice it. Mm. Um, it is devastating. It is really fucking horrible. But like I said at the beginning, not as horrible or as devastating or as important as what these indiv- individuals yeah. all went through yeah, yeah. working for, to living right. with or being in relationships with him. That is the thing we need to focus on. So don't do, turn all your um, Joss Whedon dissection and conversation no. this week into yeah. the Snyderverse posts or hey, fucking burn down Buffy, get rid of Firefly, like, don't turn into that. That's not important. What's important is making sure this prick doesn't get
0: to have a position of power like this ever again. Well, what's important is not being this fucking guy. So here's the quote from the interview. Here we fucking go, boys. On our second day of interviews, I asked Whedon about his affairs on the set of Buffy. He looked worse than he had the day before. His eyes were faintly bloodshot. He hadn't slept well. I feel fucking terrible about them, he said. When I pressed him on why, he noted, it messes up the power dynamic, but he didn't expand on that thought. Instead, he quickly added that he felt he had to sleep with them, that he was powerless to resist. I laughed. I'm not actually joking, he said. He had been surrounded by beautiful young women, the sort of women who had ignored him when he was younger, and he feared if he didn't have sex with them, he would always regret it. Looking back, he feels shame and horror, he said. I thought of something he had told me earlier. A vampire, he'd said, is the exalted outsider, a creature that feels like less than everybody else and also kind of more than everybody else. There's this insecurity and arrogance. They do a little dance. Jesus Christ. That's awful. So his
1: explanation boils down to, I felt like I had to. With no um, word on the fact that he was uh, married during a lot of this. With no word on the fact that how the other individuals feel. Like, does he reflect on whether or not they felt pressured to do this? Or they felt like they had to do this to make an impression? Yeah. Um, Like, he touches on the power dynamic being offset. But then says... Oh, God. He hints at some form of attempted growth in regretting it, but doesn't say enough to prove that the regret is because of what it's he lip did. Service. or it's rather, lip
0: Or instead, it's because people know he did it. Yeah, it's lip service to the idea that you should feel bad. It's fucking awful. Um, like, can we talk about something good? You know what? We can. The trailer for Moon Knight hit this week. Yes. Slapped did. us round the face, neck and now, chest. Now, listen. Listen, before we get into this, <laughs> I see y'all ripping the piss out of my boy Oscar Isaac's accent. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If I keep saying it's fine, I'll believe it's fine. You can't so you use just the word keep...
1: fine, Matt. You just keep... You can't describe things as
0: just fine. It, it causes an upstink. You... you keep... Your bad words to yourselves, and you leave my sweet, sweet Oscar alone. Stone the Crows, it's Mark Spector. Ah! But it isn't.
1: No, it isn't. Well... It isn't. That oh, is what twist. It's a moon Yeah. Again, uh, too long, don't read version. Hey, you guys like Batman? Yep. Imagine if Batman was just one of several personalities an individual had... Uh, and he was in the Marvel Universe, and his costume was white, so you can see the bloodstains when he punches the crap out of bad guys. And the superhero is just one of his uh, his altars, and he may or may not be the reincarnation of or possessed in some way by an Egyptian god. Mm. That's Moon Knight. It's fucking uh... Moon Knight. We are in a post Ant man Guardians of the Galaxy Eternal's existence. It's time for fucking Moon Knight, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. yeah, yeah. The first of the Disney Plus shows, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe series coming this year. Uh, after this, we've got She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel. Uh, we have Secret Invasion and we finish the year with Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. But Moon Knight is the first bit of Four we are getting this year in March.
0: March the 30th. Six episodes, six weeks. Please. Six personalities. Please, please. don't let it be six episodes of... Oscar Isaac's not knowing his Mark Spector and then in the last episode he's Moon Knight please let it not be oh bad. yeah especially because this isn't guaranteed to be a continuation as yeah. well like, it, like, I think what will
1: work best about a lot of these series is if, if they are one-offs
0: yeah because like, then I a don't... few
1: years later if you want
0: to go oh go on we'll do another mini-series with that character you can do yeah. that but like, but well, look at it this way I, I would love to see another Hawkeye series not with Jeremy Renner yeah see so Kate Bishop but I have, it yeah. have him as a supporting role yeah. with Kate well, yeah. Bishop and Hayley if, Seinfeld in the lead if at all
1: like. <laughs> I, I think I think I think he's going to become the Fury. I think he'll rock up in a movie at some point, like leading whatever the next version of the Avengers are from from the compound or like make whatever. It, make
0: him lose an eye so he can't shoot as well anymore.
1: <laughs> he's deaf and half blind, yeah. half deaf, half blind. And um, just plug up one of his nostrils for shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah. Just a cork. He just gets stuck in there on Christmas and he's like, ah, I can't get it out. Um, all right, okay. Um, <laughs> And then shave half his hair off and be like, yeah. that's for your endgame haircut. Which um, so... mean,
0: he did shave half his hair off. It's just yes. that he did 25% on each side of his head. <laughs> I don't hate that haircut. It's just a bit odd. It is
1: odd. It's, it's the, odd the, choice, the duck but I don't tail's hate weird. It. The ducktail's weird. Yeah, yeah. When you can't see the ducktail, woohoo! it looks <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. As a very confused, very scared, very sleepless... Man living his, in London. What's his name? Steven. Stephen. Um Who, according to this trailer, one day, uh, amidst all of his usual uh, day-to-day daydreaming and hallucinating and fearing for his life and yeah, seeing things that aren't there, receives a phone call from somebody who calls him Mark. Yeah. Uh, what a fucking way to go into the concept to be like, oh, so you've, you've read the comics, right? Okay. So cool. you're probably expecting this to start in Egypt or... In New York City? Nah. We're going to start in media res for him. Mm. Like, the world around him is trying to bring it to the status quo of the comic that we're adapting. He's not involved yet. Like, he's doing something else over here. So, um... The adaptation they're going for, it appears that Mark Spector slash Steven has uh, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. Um... Let's hope that they sort of play it respect respectfully but aren't afraid to go, no, part of this is actually because he's possessed, it's not D.I.D. You know what I mean? If they're going to go, yeah. he's partially possessed, then they need to then go, it's not D.I.D. Do you know what I mean? And make a yeah, point of saying yeah. it was diagnosed as this because it was the only thing they could explain it as being. Yeah. But it turns out. Because um, he's being approached by some shady-looking Egyptian uh, godlike silhouette in corridors. Um, his reflections are staying behind. I love the sleep montage of him getting ready to dream, listening to like a sleep uh, sleep mm. help app, and then waking up. And and it looks completely different. He's in like different clothes. He's tucked into bed. Tries to leap out, but he's still cuffed by the leg to the bed. Yeah. So it's like no. Those dreams might have been real. it might have been the night before. Or, it looks trippy as balls, and I think that's that's the pull for me. Mm. So yeah. I'm down to clown with that. I think it's going to be a nice, visually interesting story to tell. Uh, we don't know, if any, the comic book connections for Ethan Hawke's character, because Google says he's one person, but Wikipedia with
0: the press release and it says he's someone else. Both are different names. The general um, belief seems to be that he's playing Arthur Harrow, who yes. is a one-shot... Like one and done Moon Knight villain from the eighties. Yeah. So. Um, very
1: cult leadery. Clearly shooting on the Universal Studios back lot in LA for this one because they'd shoot a lot of this during the pandemic. Yeah. So <coughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shots in it where like his cult are there and stuff. Where I'm looking at it going, pretty sure I've been on past that on the tram. at <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. Universal. Um so yeah, that's 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 the vaguely European set that they've got on the back lot. I recognise that. It was in the Kirby Enthusiasm season finale once when Larry was out of the country. Um, Yeah, Hill Valley is literally round the corner. Nah. Um, Just out of view. Uh, Ethan Hawke with an insane haircut. Um, The the bit where he is driving a vehicle with a gun in his hand and sort of clearly wakes up in a different personality, a different altar, and looks to the gun and is like, the fuck? It's like, that is... Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the very brief glimpses we get of Moon Knight, uh, the costumes made of bandages. Yeah. So there's some mummification like yep. design uh, iconography being used here, and we now get a closer look at the shot from the preview, the Disney Plus preview. Yeah. The thing he's beating the piss out of on the floor is is the the god the 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 creature. Yeah. So it's like oh, because in the original preview it's just it's just a thing on the floor. Yeah. And now you can see its limbs and its staff, and you're like. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, um,
0: I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. I'm really it's excited. For looks this. fucking weird. And Did you see the poster? It.
1: Yes. This big old fucking like Moon Knight yeah. batarang looking piece of shit. Yeah. Like yes, with blood on the tip. Because that's the beauty of his costume. It's white. Yeah. So y'all can see the stains, even when oh, it wasn't yeah. white. The like the costume and the and their mask were black but the logo and the cape were bright white, so there's always going to be somewhere for the blood to go. It was a great
0: run, a short run, Mm -hmm. that Warren Ellis did it with Declan Shelby on art, Mm. and Declan Shelby was very, very good at using the sort of negative space as Mm. part of the costume and the cape and stuff. Yeah. Very cool, very cool visual.
1: I just can't believe we're at the point where Moon Knight... Moon Knight, mate. Just fucking Moon Moon Knight.
0: Knight. Moon Knight and Oscar's accent.
1: Oscar Isaac's accent. Um... We've you know, we're gonna f I think we're gonna eat well this year as far as if you like the MCU, we've got quite a lot yeah, coming out. We've yeah. got um on Disney Plus the five shows I've mentioned, but for the films we've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah. we've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
0: So she's resumed a few filming again out. now. It has with rumours
1: rumours of heavy rewrites because Letitia Wright has come back. But Winston Duke has yeah. negotiated a new contract yeah. for a more substantial fee, yeah. implying that maybe.
0: Well, he's got a more substantial role in it. Yeah. yeah. Either
1: so, either as an antagonist, as an ally, or even maybe as the new protagonist.
0: What you, what, you want to give me Winston Duke Black Panther? I'll take it. Just give I'll me, will just take give me it.
1: more Winston Duke. Just, yeah. <laughs> Please, please do, do. Even please better. give me more Winston Duke more scenes where Winston Duke and uh, Lupita Nyong'o go together and I'll be like it's a fucking us reunion uh, yeah, again yeah, yeah. this makes me very happy yeah, I like it I uh, thought you were doing an impression of Red then uh,
0: mm, now what I will dead. do though what I will do In the is tell you that I really enjoyed uh, this week's episode of the Book of Boba Fett yes I was going to sing the theme unlike song unlike most of the internet <laughs> Um, I knew it I knew it was going to happen so spoilers 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 for, for the book third Boca episode, Boca Boca three. episode three I knew they were going to kill the sand people knew it yeah the Tuscans I knew it was coming just <laughs> oh, oh. It's it's heartbreaking. He comes back to the camp, sees everyone dead, and he puts all the bodies and he puts all the bodies on the fire and puts all the gaffers. The sticks way on the it. way
1: they did for those lost in the tra- the first yeah. train attack in episode two, yeah. and then
0: the last one he puts on is the kid's stick. Yeah, like the kids like play gaffers, st- Gaddafi stick. I was like, oh, yeah so good. Roaring rampage of revenge type because I knew it was gonna happen mm. because there was no I couldn't see how they were gonna get from Boba Fett joining the tribe and finding a purpose. Mm to, all right, I'm getting my armor back and I'm getting off-world. Yeah. Um, and and it also Well, kind getting of getting off-world, but I'm getting my armor back.
1: It kind of informs the f- fact that he wants to lead with respect rather than fear as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it explains why Boba Fett has gone, right, I've got my armor back. I'm working with Fennec, who at some point he has patched up, repaired, yeah. and, 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 you know, like, uh, uh, earned essentially like a bodyguard for life, for yeah. life debt, a Chewie and Han situation. Yeah. Um, so he's good teamed up with Fennec. He's helped out. Um, uh, oh my god,
0: the
1: oh, Mandalorian. Din. Din Djarin. He's helped out Din Djarin. and 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 Grogu, and they've gone through that story in katan They've gone through that. Yeah. He's done that, and then after Mandalorian series two we went right, I'm gonna go take over Jabba's empire. Yeah. Which was just a cool visual to end as a post credit scene. Yeah. But the more you think about it, the more you're like, yeah, why, why would he do that? Well, I guess these flashbacks. Are very slowly He's showing us give why. Give Tatooine
0: back to the Tuscans. Yes,
1: or at the very least, is going to get rid of the the more poisonous the Pike elements. Pike Syndicate. The Pike Syndicate seems to be
0: the big bads for the series. Yeah, not the huts. I don't no? think it's the
1: last we've seen of the twins because the design's <laughs> just too great. I love
0: it. sent Chissan out to kill to kill Fett. Fett very nearly succeeds. Sorry, Scar fails. this week. It's it's a,
1: it's sort of underneath yeah. the fur, it's like
0: pink flesh yeah, yeah. around his eye, and um, then
1: fucking <laughs> that was amazing because it used. They use the death of the Tuscans and and the structure of the last two weeks to trick you into thinking you knew what was about to happen. He's about to wake up in the back to tank and come to. And instead it was big freaking, like, the the water pours out, big furry hands, just grab him and yank him out of the tank. Again, just to reiterate, the leads are 61 and 58, about to turn 59. Love it. it. Tamura Morrison does not look like a 61-year-old man. Like he's got the he's got the buff dad bod. Yeah, yeah. Like as as, we, as we, he was affectionately uh, deemed uh, for his reappearance in the Mandalorian, Boba Fat. Yeah, Boba Fat. <laughs> I, I was like, no, 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 Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett. Like let's go for it. The dude looks fit, and he's obviously done a bit of working ahead of time for this show between Mando Series Two and this because yeah. he's definitely he's he's, he's he's buffer and there's a bit more muscle definition, but you're like. Do you know what? That's impressive as fuck. Again, it's impressive as fuck that they're going, Star Wars uh, franchise, uh, aimed mostly at families and kids. We want to sell toys. Yeah, sure. Our leads can be either side of 60. Why not? But then we get the younger characters in this one. We get the biker gang. We do, which the internet loved, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that really sucked that the internet decided they hated the... uh, Diverse and colourful biker gang. Yeah. uh, Partially because of your usual shitheads going, Oh, look, is it like diversity box ticket... Fuck off. There's a woman in this. Fuck off. Watch the original trilogy if you want to watch mostly white Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, like right. let's let's have different faces, different right. different um, you know, races, ethnicities in the show. Let's do it. Mm. But the other complaint, the the less you know, less shitty one, um than that, was people going. Hang on, this biker gang, they're really colourful. They're on, like, neon bikes, yes. and their droid parts are bright, and all their clothes are neat as fuck. They're, and mods. Got really tri- they're
0: fucking mods. Yes,
1: they are like... goddamn mods. Not only that, you want to be a rebel? You want to be a punk kid on tattoo. Okay, punks in the UK in the 70s. Yeah. How did they stand out? Like, nose piercings, spiky hair, shaved heads on the side, like, loads of denim, loads of studs, loads of yeah. leather, uh, dyeing their hair ridiculous colours, like... That was how they stood out. They looked grungy and grimy and a bit show-offy, but in a really dirty kind of way. That was the vibe. That was rebelling against the establishment. How do you rebel against the establishment visually on a planet that is mostly beige and grey? You ride around on Power Ranger Megazord coloured bikes. You have really neat hair and really fucking fit clothes. Like, that's how you stand out. Yeah. It works. It works so well. I don't get why people have an issue with that. It looks great. And it also just keeps Boba's army, like, as it's slowly growing. Yeah. Being the most colourful looking group on Tatooine. Yeah. Like, he's cleaned up. He's got the the greens and the yellow arm pads are like... They were never that yellow in the original No, they were never that bright. They're so yellow and the red, so red. And Fennec is all black with those orange flashes all over a costume. It's like he's rediscovered his pride. Yeah. The Gamorrean guards aren't covered in armour. They are big, green, glowy pig boys. <laughs>
0: big, green, like, big, big pig they, men. They, they
1: have left them uncovered because of the colour palette of the show. Yeah. They are colourful and bold. Um... I just they fit right in. I can't wait to see him basically have a gang that look like a really clean version of a, of a of a of a mob. Why not? Different. Yep. Um we find out that the huts supposedly were not the ones um who originally attempted to assassinate uh Boba yep. even though they did send in their large wookiee boy. <laughs> um <laughs> uh whose whose life is spared and that is like Boba's gift to the huts, that, that he's going to release their bounty hunter and spare his life. Yeah. Which, obviously, you can see um, <laughs> the fuzzy fella being really annoyed about, but accepting, and then legging it when he's told to go. Um, it's very likely the mayor, or at least the mayor in conjunction with the Pike Syndicate, considering the mayor's domo shat his pants and tried to speed a bike his, <laughs> a, his way away this And guess a
0: fucking Biff Tannenland uh, ending.
1: Yeah. And one of the best memes I've ever seen on the internet, there's that tweet that says, uh, love that scene in Star Wars this week where a butt drove a car. <laughs> and it's like a behind shot where you can just <laughs> see the top just see the top of his Twilight headpiece. So it just looks like a butt sticking out of the Which a you know that they
0: saw in the edit and went. Leave yeah, that in. That yeah. looks fine. That in. <laughs> <laughs> um, like so
1: that was pretty cool. Uh, really, really, really love the little nod to again. Bobber building up the empire, beginning with the Huts offering mm. and it may I know it's fan service, but it also is logical. Like, oh, he's gonna have a Rancor. Mm. Okay, that's I mean that's just a bit obvious in it. Yeah, but who's brought it to him? The Huts. They probably do this deal in all of their establishments everywhere. Yeah. Like it's not like some rando person's gone, here's a Rancor for you. It's <laughs> yeah, we've got a bunch of these, here you go. Um, complete with because this was another episode directed by Robbie uh, Robbie Robert Rodriguez look on we're Robbie we're on, we're on good Rob's, terms if, uh, old Robert Rodriguez old Spy Kids McGee yeah. uh, Rob, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez um, yeah he he <laughs> he uh, directed episode one and he directed episode three mm-hmm. and he brings along one of his alumni in true sort of Robert Rodriguez style Danny motherfucking Trejo is Rancor in Star Wars. trainer. He's the new Rancor trainer. He and yes, uh, Tamura got to work with a big ass physical prop for a lot of this week. Yeah. a big ass Rancor puppet. Um, we learned that the Ran- We learned more about the Rancors in film canon. Yeah, like we learned that yeah they're they're bred to be guard dogs or or you know pit creatures or fight, mm-hmm. but like they're not that necessarily it's sort of something they've all genetically started to become more aggressive because it's just how they've been bred but they can be really gentle with the people they bond with from an early age yeah um so the idea is is i think you should spend more time with it and bob is like yeah i'm I'm gonna spend all the time with it
0: which is a great idea
1: because you know that jabber and co didn't give a shit about their their rancor but bob was like fuck yeah like is this my new pet amazing I'm going to love it I'm going to look after it I'm going to teach it to be a badass I'm going to show it that it's cared for
0: you will teach me to ride it
1: you, you're going to teach me to ride it ride the rainbow. I have been be ten times as big and every Star Wars holiday special fan around the world went yeah you, so have. you have yeah you have Yeah, we've seen
0: it well, you can get it on Disney Plus now you can get that animation on Disney Plus
1: yes I noticed that they won't dare put the rest on no. although it does get mentioned there's a documentary on there I can't remember it. oh uh, the Boba Fett one. Oh yeah under the yeah. helmet where they talk about the holiday special for a bit and you see footage of other bits of it and it's like yeah. ah, they're acknowledging its existence hooray ah. it's only a matter of time yeah. um, but yeah, it won't be on
0: plus but they'll probably release <laughs> on like DVD for a limited run and be like there are you happy no everyone go buy I'm it I'm literally never going to be happy again
1: they'll make it like a special feature on a re 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 release <gasps> <laughs> oh god imagine if they just go fine Here's the theatrical cut co- of the original trilogy and buried on disc four. <laughs> there the it holiday is. Special. Yay. We're doing it. We're doing it. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. What? Was it Cloris Leachman or Betty White who was in the holiday special?
0: It wasn't Betty White. It wasn't
1: Betty White. It was Cloris Leachman. It was Cloris Leachman. Was Leachman. Um, I think. God damn it, Cloris Leachman, you throw me the beanbag. Juggalo's big. Um, I Um So know.
0: <laughs> Um
1: yeah, RIP Betty White, me. R.I.P. Betty White, oh, yeah. and happy hundredth birthday, Betty White. Um, so it's a sad time. It sucks. Thank you for being a friend. Uh so uh yeah, Danny Trejo, yay. Sporting specifically, his very Danny Trejo look,
0: yes. but a look that does not contradict machete in space. Uh. <laughs> Well, that's what he did. He, he, he thanked uh, Robert Rodriguez on Twitter saying that Machete finally got to space.
1: Yeah, I also love that he says that uh, the bio for his Twitter account says, like, uh, uh, Danny will tweet from here from time. So obviously his management is like, Danny yeah. will tweet from here from time to time. Remember, Machete don't text. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So like, yeah. That's why he doesn't tweet, because Machete don't machete text. Machete do not text. Um, yeah, the end of uh, Machete Kills, everybody, there was a teaser trailer for the next one, Machete in Space, which was a joke trailer that they were sort of like, if we do make a third one, fuck yeah. it, why not? But if not, we like the idea that this move, these two movies that were born out of a fake trailer from the Grindhouse release has ended with a fake trailer for it's, a third Machete. It is what it is. In it, he draws a sword that pops out of a hilt like a lightsaber with a glow and a buzz. <laughs> and now we have an unnamed Rancor trainer played by Danny yep. Trejo in the Book of Bob Fett. He made it. Like he's obviously travelled back in time to a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. But <laughs> I choose to what believe. Machete does. I choose to believe that Machete is now canon in Star Wars, which means that Spy Kids is canon in Star Wars. Yes. We've got a lot of explaining to do. Does that mean Shark Boy and Lava Girl is canon in Star Wars? Probably. That's adjacent. We'll get there in the end. <laughs> uh, I really loved it, and you said before we recorded. You said I don't get why people. I hate no, you know do so I really much. don't. And the majority of complaints have been like, oh, it's just a bit boring, isn't it? Like, mm, is it? Is it? It's a really small character is piece. It? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I love I, that. I, I have no problem with it. The Mandalorian was small. It just felt big because they went globe trotting, Like, they went to different planets and, and they went on different assignments and you were all bamboozled by the, the cuteness overload that is Grogu. Oh. But, like, Boba Fett gives us the absolute smoking hotness overload that is Tamira Morrison and Ming-Na Wen. Being the hottest Funny. near bus pass owners I've Can ever it, seen. I can't. I can't deal with it. The Ming na Wen thing is terrifying. When, you, when people go, it, oh she turns fifty nine this year. You're like, sorry what? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't believe that. Yeah. It's true. Don't believe it's that. True. Uh Fennec Shand is a fucking badass. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, this week, when she just like pulled the knife <laughs> out of the hilt of her gun. <laughs> like you got the gang like stomping <laughs> on, on the Wookiee's knuckles to try and knock him into the pit. Not working. So she just whips a knife, like I I throw a throwing knife out of a gun hilt, and just yeah. throws it into his palm. Yeah, it's quality. <laughs> that is so cool. It is quality. Loved it. I think it's great, and I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Because, it again, it's not obvious where it's going to go, mm. but we now know that each episode will be intercut with why he's doing this from the, the year slash two years prior. Did yep. you spot... Uh, Amy Sedaris. I did. Her character. I did. It uh, wasn't her, but it was her character. Peli Motto. Peli Motto from The Mandalorian. Yeah. Walking by with pit droids as Boba first appears in Mos Eisley. Yeah. Um, and he walks past the, uh, the, the the Stormtrooper helmets on spikes that are in the opening episode of... Uh, no, not the opening episode. I think they're in um, uh, like the third episode or whatever of Mandalorian. Yeah. So it, it's set. But well, they're up... being put up, aren't they? Yeah. At the time, yeah. rather than... So that... Yeah, and we know as well, like, the first appearance of Boba in The Mandalorian... Was in series one, yeah. approaching Fennec's body. So well, at the end of where, episode so, six,
0: but well, was probably saying. I, I, I think it's probably fair to say, considering thinking about how long he was probably with um, the Tuscans. For Tuskans. quite some time. Yeah, it's implied he's with them for a long time. Uh, months, I would say, not maybe not years, but months. Mm, I don't know. Because I think it's probably I about. Know. Because the empire's already fallen. Then by the
1: time he gets to town, and that's Which a, and that's at least a few days after the events of, of the start of Return of the Jedi. After he falls into the Sarlacc, yeah. and he was in the Sarlacc. It sort of implied he was in there for a, maybe a few weeks, like because he was slow digestion and he was just barely alive when he. Yeah, but
0: I think there's like three years between Jedi and the Mandalorian.
1: Oh, okay. Mm.
0: It's maybe po- five. Possi- it's.
1: Mm. Can't remember how long. I know. I know it's not too long after because the empire is still clinging on. But I think it's after the Battle of Jakku. I mean, maybe he did spend that long with the Tuscans. Maybe there's a big gap we don't know about. He just didn't change his clothes at any point.
0: Or oh, maybe we're not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe the helmets were put up sooner, and and I don't know. They were just adding new ones in Mandalorian. Yeah, maybe.
0: I'm gonna um, look, give it a quick Google.
1: All I know is I love the idea that like all of these. Disney Plus shows are seemingly taking place around the same time, just after the original trilogy. Yes. It's quite Apart from, obviously, the one we're getting later this year. Mandalorian Kenobi. takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So those might be the first helmets. Or he spent a very, very long time in the Sarlacc. That
0: is a very, very long time. The,
1: the, fact that, the fact that you get digested over a thousand years implies that it keeps you alive somehow, if it can. So it can slowly devour you. Yes, it does. It's like immortality, albeit in a stomach. Ugh. Yuck. Not my favourite kind of immortality, it must be said. (laughs) Um, I mean, Max Rebo doesn't look a day over ten minutes after the events of Return of the Jedi when we (laughs) see him. We've seen him twice now as well. Uh, Well, forget about that, sir. Forget about woes and whimsy. What's in our email in biox this fine morning? We've
0: got an. We've got a single email. Oh, email! We've it's got a single, single email. Single email. Looking for love. This one comes in
1: from Jack. 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 Heart attack. Says, Take
0: it back. Not the email. Says hello, my big damn boys. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. Yes. 2020 has lasted two years longer than expected. (laughs) I can wait for it to be bigger, dammer, and boyer. (laughs) Anywho, me and the girlfriend are finally going to see Time Fracture this weekend. Hopefully no apocalyptic shenanigans will get in the way. For fifth time, we'll report back on that. In other news, I watched Encanto, and my jingo is it good. We watched it several times, and each time is still refreshing. It indeed slaps. (laughs) I only wish there was more but from my understanding it tanked box office wise. So who knows what the future might hold for this amazing piece of media. In other news, me and the good lady also watched Eternals and Doolittle. One of them was good. In other, other news, is it okay to skip straight from the mind of evil to the sea devils? Are there any essential stories in between? Cheerio, my dears, and male cackles and unhinged joker-like laughter haunt my neighbour's dreams for many more cast apart. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, claws of Axos. I watched claws of Axos earlier today. Yes, that's where I'm up to. I, I, yeah. I'm actually. That's I'm, immediately
1: after Mind of Evil.
0: Yeah, right? I'm, I'm actually. You can skip Colony in Space. Yeah, it's too fucking long. Yeah, but there's some good stuff in there. But you can skip it. I mean, I do. I do. If it wasn't
1: for the fact you know that the master's in every story of that series, yeah, his reveal is really great yeah. in
0: that. Like, which you, you wouldn't have realized, done at the like, time, like three course, episodes and you're like, oh yeah. in this one as well. You wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have known at the time, so that works really well on that. Yeah, um, you kind of need to watch the demons.
1: Yeah, the demons is great because it's also, also the
0: end of the master's initial yeah. arc. So it's when he gets captured because he's imprisoned in the Sea Devils.
1: Yes, which is probably one of his best performances. Yeah. And, and everything. Sorry, I'm just pulling off the shelf so that you're, arrived.
0: You're uh, kind oh, look at that. The
1: series twenty six collection um,
0: Slimline Blu-ray set. These ones are still quite available, which is good. Well, I think the idea is these are the ones that are gonna be available long term. Yeah, they're they're still they're, they're still,
1: they're still limited ones. availability on release, but they've said that they're gonna continue to produce these. Yeah. Unlike the other ones where it's like it's a limited quantity and that's it. These are every now and again, they'll just put these out a bit
0: it's tasty that that's a beautiful thing
1: crack it open this no the... I don't want to
0: crack it open I want to crack
1: it open alright you crack it open
0: I'm not <laughs> cracking it open yeah Amazon though they bloody bent the edge of the box I'm fuming but yeah, whatever fuckers. bastards um, yeah I would y- y- if you're going to skip anything between those two stories skip colony in space yeah but watch um, watch Claws of Axis because it's great
1: Yes, yeah, great unit um, great unit crack I mean, as well it's
0: not very good but I love it um, fucking gross spaceship
1: great. design as yeah, well yeah it's fucking great it's really gross um, spaceship um,
0: design it's your head on the block, chin, not mine. Um, it's so good. Plus, um, a really
1: iconic double monster design. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, definitely watch the demons.
0: Definitely watch the, the demons. demons. The demons, demons is great. Demons, demons. It's great, Mister Shamans. But I am a witch. <laughs> White, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> I fucking love that character. She's great. She is wonderful.
1: She she was interviewed on the extras as well on the DVD release. Oh, like, good! Because she's wonderful. Um, yeah, and come on, Mister Magister. Mister Magister, fucking come <laughs> on! Yeah, you've got to watch the demons, if only to understand what the fuck is going on in the Buffy calendar this year. <laughs>
0: We talked about uh, that, right? Yeah, we are. So f- fucking ridiculous. F- fucking bad. Oh my god. It is bad.
1: <laughs> it's not the worst thing to come out of Buffy, as now we know, but my you know. I... Still pretty shit. Oh, this is beautiful. Look at that.
0: Oh, oh, fresh Blu-ray it smell. Looks good. Well, they
1: smell like a cherry bakewell. It looks
0: good. Ooh,
1: madam. Oh, what a if lovely your blu-ray. Smells
0: like a cherry bakewell. Someone's left something inside it that shouldn't be in there. Ooh, oh, what tasty discs. Oh, very nice survival survival's disc
1: six what? what hang on that can't be right what have we got here let's see um disc one is battlefield yeah understandable because it's the first story of the fucking series disc two is also battlefield
0: it'll be battlefield special edition
1: disc three is ghost lights oh, yeah god his design uh disc four is curse of Fenric. disc five is also curse of Fenric. Yeah. Disc six is survival. Because the Fendry from Battlefield
0: are special editions, don't they?
1: Of course, yeah. Like, so a a movie, like the like
0: movie edits. Oh, the grass. Oh, yeah, so beautiful. look at that.
1: We fight like animals.
0: We, we die, die like animals.
1: animals. Yes, disc one's Battlefield TV version and special edition. Yeah. Disc two is the VHS version. Oh. Uh, making of documentary and a bunch of special features specific to oh. Battlefield. Oh. uh Disc three's Ghost Lights. Ghost um, lit. In all of its glory. It's lit, bro. Disc four is Curse of Fenric TV version and the special edition. And disc five is the extended VHS version and the making mm. of documentaries. Um, and survival on its Todd. And on the bonus disc, Sophie Eldred in Conversation. Uh, Showman. The Life of John Nathan Turner. That's the big, the big new documentary. Endgame. What Might Have Happened had Doctor Who continued in 1990. Yeah, I like it. The I Seventh like it. Doctor Revisited. Documentary made in 2013 to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Um, oh, right. So that's one of the things that they put out on TV in America. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can watch it on here as well. Who Peter. 63 to 89. Oh, yeah. That was an earlier uh, DVD special feature. Who with Gethin Jones presenting it. Uh, and the blu-ray trailer the promise the one with uh, the short film with ace uh, at yeah. charitable earth yeah um yeah these blu sets are beautiful i've dipped into them a little bit for some of the stories we've revisited uh, since we've been doing the marathon obviously after having done the classic marathon we're not in a rush to watch all the classic series no. again but it's quite nice to know that when we do tuck into
0: it we can start watching some of them in high definition well, i a new I've special been, for tears i've been following along with the uh, with the marathon while well, i've been doing it you that, have but, yeah so. Yeah, I've got, I'm looking forward to the Season A review. Hey, hey, hey. Which I'll get to in a couple of days. Do you know what else I'm looking there? forward to? What's that? This lot getting in touch.
1: Hey, how did you do that? How do did you do it, Chris? They can do it via BigDamnContact at gmail.com for hey, long-form conversation. Can. You can, can also tweet us at BigDamnCast. Yeah, Ooh, mince. Absolutely they can. Ooh, mince. You can also uh, hit us up Ooh, on the Patreon to keep the lights on and get ready for some bonus content in the coming months. Patreon.com yes. slash big damn.
0: Cast.
1: Yeah. Uh. Um. Before we go. uh, Yes. Two hundred ninety-one down.
0: Nine to go. I don't do that. That'll give me the wrong idea. Ah. Oh yeah. It's not a Doctor Who thing. (laughs) Let's Russell Castlem.